Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. All right, welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And here we are once again, gathered around the kitchen table. And brought to you by RampageCoffee.com, don't forget. That's right, got my Rampage (laughs) Coffee right here. Yep. It's delicious. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) All right, how was your week? Everybody uh, did all right? Yeah, it's quiet. Yeah, Yeah, I found it very quiet too. How much going on? The fall colors are coming through and it's beautiful and... But you know what? We're welcoming in October. That's right. The witching, the, the witching month. The witching month. Is it the yeah. witching month? Sounds good to me. <laughs> that sounds good to you. <laughs> but uh, I maybe our guest can tell us a little bit more about the actual month of October I because think it always seems our guest to be a little. would know quite a lot about that sort of thing. Right, and we've got her. And we do. Right. We have Patty Negri. All right. Hi, Patty. And, Hi guys, how are you? And folks will know Patty mostly, I guess, from her appearances on Ghost Adventures with uh, Zach Beggins and the crew. Mm-hmm. And Patty, uh, for those of you, or for those who don't know that much about you or don't watch the show, can you give us a little brief background on how it all started for you, where your psychic medium oh, abilities oh, developed, oh, and we'll go from there. Actually, when I was a little kid, as long as I can remember, I just knew that those so-called imaginary friends little kids have weren't imaginary. Like, literally, the guy in the closet, the thing under the bed were all real that I could get real information and talk to. Some were scary, some weren't scary. I thought everybody could see them. And I also had this little weird kind of obsession with death, but not in a dark or morbid way at all. It was just, I wanted to talk to the dead people I talked to anyway. So I literally did my first seance. I was seven or eight in my little suburban Long Beach home, went in the hall where there's no windows and lights, closed all the doors, and uh, and then I realized I didn't know any dead people. And I'm like, well, Marilyn Monroe, John Kennedy, anybody the seven, eight-year-old knew, and um, came up with my first chant, just kind of knowing what to do. And this little windowless, lightless hallway filled with orbs flying through and around. And as I went out screaming with my best friend, Sherry Jones, at the same time, I'm like, yes, this is real, and we can control this. We can help manipulate when this comes and goes. And thus, I became a seeker studying religion, philosophy, metaphysics, science, occult sciences, and taking it all down to what I kind of see as energy and, you know, whatever template you put on top of it. And, And the witchy side of things, I just... It's in the blood, I guess. I would literally be in my little suburban backyard again, picking rosemary off the bush and naturally just knowing that if I put some rosemary in my mom's wallet, which she was thrilled about, but if I put some rosemary <laughs> in my mom's wallet, she, it would draw more money. I, I just kind of knew that. So Is the store yeah. still open? Yeah. <laughs> we need to get some rosemary. We need to get some rosemary. <laughs> I grow it in the backyard. <laughs> My wallet's going to look like George Costanza's wallet. Yeah. It's so thick with rosemary. <laughs> so that's pretty gutsy for an eight-year-old kid to be, you know, uh, doing seances and trying to conjure up the dead and everything else. So I guess it's never it's never frightened you, has it? Well, no. I mean, I always knew, innately knew, 
for some reason, and I still stick by that no matter where I go all over the world and no matter what I'm thrust into, that, and I firmly believe that this is our realm of existence. The other realms, which are certainly out there, have to play by our rules here on our playing ground. Um, I believe that most people don't know that, so they give away their power, they give it away, whether, you know, the possession, whatever, and unless you're, you know, got a se severe addiction problem or mental imbalance, that doesn't have to happen. And even going into the, the scariest of places, it's like, if you hold on to your power, you don't want to get fearful, because that will feed a negative entity. You don't want to get angry, that will feed a negative entity. But if you come in like mom or teacher, and you have this little bit of authority, a disciplinary authority, guess what? It works every time, every time. Mm -hmm. So it's, and I just kind of always believe by that, whether it's true for everybody, true for me, and it, it's gotten me through everything. Right. So it's all... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all to do with uh, energies, and of course, you did a lot of research when you were younger. I, and I still do. There is honestly not a week I'm not in school. I am teaching now many nights a week, but the nights I'm not teaching, I'm studying, because I don't know everything, and I want to. So it's like, oh, what do I not know about Peruvian shamanism? Well, I'm going to study that for six months, or the weird side of Tibetan Because, again, if you get down to that, the source truths in all of it, whatever words they put, it takes it down. You see what the through line in everything is. Again, and it goes down to energy or math in the big picture. Right, right. And the, uh, there's no such thing, really, as being an expert in the field because you're constantly learning. And, and I honestly think the second you think you know everything, you're, you're going to fall off the cliff anyway. If you get so <laughs> that you think you know everything, yeah. Yeah. those are the people you know don't know everything. <laughs> now, whereabouts are you located right now? Where are you? I am in Hollywood. I live literally in the shadow of the Hollywood sign. Oh, wow. I live right under the big Hollywood sign <laughs> in the Hollywood Hills, right above, if you've ever seen pictures of that, the ground Capitol Records building, that famous mm -hmm. building from the 50s, I live right above that, right under the sign. Oh, wow. And apparently the Hollywood sign has a few ghosts wandering around. Yes, it does. It? My neighborhood has amazing ghosts in it. <laughs> uh, my house has an amazing ghost. My house was built in 1920 or 1921, so it's just hitting 100 years old. Um, uh, a lot of people have owned it, but uh, the lady who died in 98, when we renovated it in 2001, came, came with the house. All her artwork was here. She was an artist. It was in the basement. So it's like an ode to her. So it came with a beautiful spirit. But literally, Mary Pickford, the silent movie star's house is next door to mine. The little bundle lower, Frank Capra and Harry Cohn wrote It's a Wonderful Life because across the street. Okay. Movie star man, I mean, the Mary Astor house, which is, I did a seance last night. Charlie Chaplin bought it for her. The Rolling Stones lived there. Marilyn Manson lived there. It was too scary for him. He moved out. <laughs> burst into flames there. Um, it, yeah. That's the neighborhood it is. It, it attracts these creative, chaotic, beautiful spirits. Yeah, so I was gonna. I was gonna say what? I'm five minutes from Hollywood and Vine, and deer's play in my backyard. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, you know, from the various paranormal shows that are on TV, th there seems to be something about Southern California, like tons of paranormal, uh, supernatural. It, it almost seems like it's a big vortex or a portal of uh, energy there. I'll tell you my theory on that. Okay. Two things. Number one, 
there's a there is a huge vortex here. It's literally in those Hollywood Hills, Griffith Park. Um, and it goes down the hills through Malibu, all those hills that separate LA proper Hollywood from the valley. Every time I've been there, it's not marked, but you could feel it. It's Rachel, you, you guys could all probably feel it, Rachel. You, every time I've been there, it draws people. I mean, from nuns praying, lovers kissing, actors perform. It's, it's, it draws them. I honestly believe that Hollywood is exactly where it is from these energy vortexes. It drew in the creatives, the right brain people, whether actors or musicians or writers or the spiritual. Within a mile of my house, I have a monastery, a theosophy center, a, a, a Vedanta center, a self-realization, every religion, and they gather here and the creatives, all these right brain people. I think that's why we're not like 50 miles down in Long Beach or over here or wherever we are, we're right in the middle of it. We have a lot of activity and it's, you know, whenever there's a vortex, it, it, it's a generator. And my other thing, why we have so much in this Southern California, I think, is big in life, big in death. People come here who are the big personalities. They want to be famous or they want to be known. You know, I, I think Bob the quiet banker who lived in a cubicle is Bob the quiet ghost who lives in his bank in Michigan or wherever. Fred Jones, the movie star or movie star wannabe or the rock star, came out like this. He's this ghost. That's why we have, besides big haunting, we have good hauntings. We have really happy ghosts who hang out because they can, like at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel or the American Legion or Hollywood Athletic Club, all these places that it's not like when we have investigations if you're going to the insane asylum or the prison or, or the mass murderer's house. We have those too, of course. But you're going to the place where the ghosts are hanging out having a good time. <laughs> are you uh, originally from Hollywood, California? Or? I am. Well, not from Hollywood, but basically mm. from L.A. I was born in Long Beach, which is like suburban next to it. I've mm. been here my whole life and kind of been in the industry my whole life. Right. Um, so how did it uh, become, or you become, the psychic medium to the stars? Economic downfall of 2008. Um, <laughs> I've always been this person. I, I mean, I've always had this side of me. I've always been a psychic. I've always been a medium. I've always been a witch. I've always talked to dead people. But I was an actor in Hollywood, too. I was an actor through the 80s. And, uh, and then I started a production company. And I was doing very big shows, very corporate shows, like industrials for very banks and Microsofts and big companies. And I'm like, they are so corporate. I go, they cannot. I cannot be doing this multi-big show and traveling the country and them know the person who's producing this stuff, you know, talks to dead people and dances around bonfires. <laughs> they, they just can't know that. So, so I kept it very separate, very separate. But I remember in 2008 when that big crash and corporate entertainment became a really dirty word. If people were laying off people, they can't have a big party or a game show or a murder mystery or a song and dance extravaganza. So, because it was so misused. And at the same time, reality TV was, was taking an uptick. I remember somebody called me and they said, Patty, we need somebody who's legit, who's really good at seances, who can look the veil to do this, uh, to just do a seance for this little TV show. And I'm like, nope, can't do it, won't do it. You know, if I'm an actor, one thing, no, I can't do this real side thing. He's like, please, please, please. I'm like, no, I can't do it. He goes, please. I go, oh. well, what's the name of the show? What is it? What he goes, it's called Mobile Home Disaster, and it's on country music television. 
Well, nobody's going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> in the early days of reality, I'm like, who's going to watch a call, show called Mobile Home Disaster on, on country music television? Sure, I'll do it. And, and I got there, and I fell in love with the genre, because I have an improv and sketch background as well as my theater. I'm like, I don't have to memorize lines. I know my camera. I can follow around. I get to do whatever I want, and they follow me around with three cameras. And I get to do my message, which is, again, is letting people know that the spirit world is real, and it's beautiful, and it's great, and this empowering message that's mine. In this stupid little show called Mobile, I loved it. So I shot it, and that was fun, but never again. No, not going to do that. And then it aired, and it was like, oh, God, that was fun. It, it combined all my, for the first time, combined your TV stuff with your improv stuff with your reality, and but never again. And then I got a call from my first client, I, a big client, and she goes, uh, she goes, I saw you on TV last night, and I'm like, I'm never gonna work for Bank of again. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't know you were into the paranormal. I'm like, yeah. She goes, I love the paranormal. And we had our best conversation ever. And just bop, 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 bop. And it was okay. They didn't fire me. And all these people have these personal lives and it's bigger than I go, okay, okay. Okay, I'm out of the closet. I'm out of the broom closet. I'm out of the psychic closet. <laughs> and, and because I was sitting in the middle of Hollywood, and because I was, again, a little bit known in Hollywood, I became the kind of person to call when they needed something for everything, for Nicole Ritchie or, or Flipping Out or Pit Boss, Silly Show, or all the bad girl shows, all these shows, it's like if they needed a psychic or they needed a medium or they needed a seance or they needed a house clearing. And I'm just like, this is so fun. So that continued to go like this. And my corporate business was just, even though it tried to pick up, it was just like, rockety. and I go, well, this is my calling. I'm just being led by spirit. I'm having a blast. I'm where I did good work by teaching, you know, HR policy to, you know, computer text. Now I'm teaching magic to, you know, the kids on awesomeness TV mm. and, and new possibility. And so it's great. So I still have my production company. I did a little gig a few weeks ago. I, but I don't have time. And I remember the first time I, I walked on stage I do a lot of speaking, I do a lot of teaching, I, I write, I write a book. I was speaking at a college, which I love, kids, I love that open, full of life. And and I remember walking on stage and I get I do nothing for money. Money, yes, we need money. I, I get paid, but money has never been a driving force for me, ever, probably to my detriment. But I remember walking on stage at a college, like 700 kids in the audience, eager to learn something. And, I, and I'm walking on stage where they brought me in, put me up in a nice hotel, and I'm going, I am getting the exact amount for this, me, by myself and I, walking on stage with nothing, as I got last week in a big extravaganza show I did, with, out of the same money, I paid seven actors, three musicians, a rehearsal hall for a week, I printed the cuts, I printed the programs, I made the programs, I did the costuming, I did the props, and now I'm just walking on stage. Well, this isn't so bad. <laughs> so it's, again, it's just where I, and the stuff that I was getting out of that, that empowering thing, now I get to do where my calling really lies. So it's, I'm, I'm grateful every day. I'm just thankful that it's a crazy. How do you, um, 
I'm sure you've been to a, a lot of uh, quote-unquote haunted locations, and our listeners really like to hear the scary stuff. And I'm sure you've run into some dark stuff in the past, uh, as we all have, because we're also paranormal investigators, and Rachel's a medium, and I have a little bit of uh, abilities that I'm trying <laughs> to work out as well. Um, do you have one that you can share with us that really kind of made you go, oh, man, I should maybe rethink what I'm doing here, or... Yeah, I think my again the best one, and it's right in my neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was a few years back, and I was again I was just there again last night. Um, it, it was a house. Like I said, it was built by Charlie Chaplin for his his girlfriend Mary Astor. It was a crazy party house through the twenties and thirties. Then the Rolling Stones manager bought it. So the Rolling Stones lived there, Mamas and Papas, Bram Parsons, Fleetwood Mac. And then they moved out, and the guy who invented the real-life sex doll moved in. Then she moved out. And then Marilyn Manson moved in and recorded there and just fell in love. It, and, and then he moved out, and then this, young, this filmmaker who's making a movie about this crazy haunted house. It looks like a haunted house. It's four levels of windy staircases, spiral staircases. It looks almost like sacred geometry built like a Masonic lodge. There's, oh, 12 of these. This. And, uh, I mean, like, there's a compass on the floor as you walk in. Oh, wow. So um, he was doing a thing. So he, he brought me in to do a seance, again, with these young people. So we're doing a seance, and I'm kind of explaining how I do it, how I lift the veil and shut the veil. Um, and there was three spirits there, and one of them was real cranky, didn't really want us there. And one of the kids, and we're working Ouija because I work Ouija, and some stuff we were getting from the dirt basement, always the dirt basement, where, <laughs> you guys, I, what is that? Um, but anyway, <laughs> we were getting the stuff, and these kids are saying, you know, idiot stuff, asinine stuff. And I'm like, oh. so first, cool things were happening. Like, the French doors flew open on a, on a point, and we're like, ah, screaming. The producer side of me is going, that's like special effects, but we're not cheating anything. I never, I would never cheat. I go, well, that's cool. And they, they closed the doors and I'm going, and that happened again. The French doors flew open and the stuff kept happening. And then this, there was some speakers, you know, that old school music speakers, how big can you get? We're sitting on the floor and we're getting stuff and the speakers came on, <sighs> white noise. <sighs> and if we look later, they weren't even plugged in. And it's like, oh my God, all this stuff. <laughs> if we didn't have equipment, I do really old school spirituals. Uh, and all this stuff's happening. And then he said something really crazy. And by the way, we have four cameras, four cameras going, four camera people. He said something really disrespectful, and not him, but the cameraman facing him, this beautiful French Canadian, Laurent Malachi, filmmaker, facing him, burst into flames. Oh. First, real fire, no fireplace, a V up his back, like angel wings of fire, go like this. Everybody is screaming. I, I, you know, cool medium Patty, I'll become the medic that I am. I am an EMT, and I'm like, drop in, bull, shut it down. I'm shutting it down. I'm calling in all my, my guardians, my wards to shut this down, shut this down. No more sands. I don't care what we're doing. Nobody bursts into flames on my account. And, <laughs> and it's sure burnt off and like, poof. And it was a cotton. It should not have burnt off like, like, like a nylon or whatever. And I'm like, we're done. And, but the camera guy, instead of being like all freaked out, I mean, he was freaked out, but he was like, no, you know, he was inspired because he was this super skeptic. He goes, no, I'm okay. I have a sweater. He put the burnt off shirt off. I have a sweater. I'm okay. I talked to the spirit as well. I like, come on, we're not even going to get rid of you at the end of the sand. 
Just let us finish them. So, and the kid, the, the idiot kid got really, really well behaved. <laughs> like, how do you want to behave? Like, I go, okay, we're not going to have trouble from him anymore. So we finished it all off. And it, and again, the spirit was pretty behaved. The glasses, the most paranormal stuff, the most cultured, everything happened in that house. Crazy. Wow. And we caught it on, we didn't catch his camera. Two cameras caught it. One camera, you know, kind of hit the ceiling or hit the floor. I guess you do test the, the ability of a cameraman by your room bursting into flames in a crowded little haunted house. But he showed me three weeks later, the, the guy who caught him play goes, Patty, look at my back. And I looked at the small of his back and it literally looked like he had got a tattoo of a dragon. Hmm. The open mouth, the sharp teeth, the winged head into the shape of a serpent. And that's the exact energy I called in to shut down the stands. I work dragon energy. Oh. Big scary dragon. No, I work. <laughs> it's crossroads energy. It's crossroads magic. I'm like, and he was, he was like, I go, oh my god, you have a trance stamp of a dragon. <laughs> that is not the coolest thing ever. And, ex- and, and explain how you got that, right? Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> so yeah, when, you, when would we ever be able to see this footage? Well, there's a little, we're working on something right now, actually. He was so inspired by it and why he's saving it. He was so inspired by it, he actually wrote a script. He wrote a horror script, because he is a filmmaker, more documentary, but a horror film, kind of based on this Hollywood psychic medium who does all the reality shows, but then a portal opens. And then it turns into a big horror film. He wrote it with Stephen Norrington, the guy who wrote League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay, yeah. He's a really good filmmaker, very left of center. He's gone way left of center at Hollywood now. They haven't done it yet. I hope they do. But I did sit down with him for like five hours, and I, I we're looking over the script. I go, oh, oh, Lauren, you can't say that. On, you can't say that in the movie. He goes, but you said that. I go, I know I said that, but that actually opens up. You can, you don't want to become one of those cursed horror films. <laughs> we, let's just say booby dee dooby or something like that. So I hope that they get around to do it. It's called the portal if they do. Wow. And literally that picture of his non-tattoo tattoo burn mark is what he has on the cover of it. Uh, his tramp stamp. <laughs> that was like craziness. Again, I've had a few, a few crazy stuff in Virginia City, Nevada, um, because that place is crazy haunted. That's, that's a bit of a, an old uh, mining town, isn't it? Huh? Isn't that a, an old mining town? It's an old mining town. Right. Up near Reno, because um, that's what Upper California has... And they have a lot of energy. My theory there is because of all the copper and gold and silver, it creates this generator effect. And all the tunnels, there's like 10,000 miles of, of digging tunnels. And then they start pit mining and everything is disturbed. And there's these energy drives. So again, big personality people that went there for fame and fortune, maybe not to be a movie star, but to strike it rich on the gold mine. So they have more your darker ghosts a lot of them because yeah. there was a lot of and ended up you know, uh, getting buried alive going on, unfortunately yeah a lot of them got buried <laughs> yeah so <laughs> patty uh as a you know a psychic to the stars is there who is the most famous spirit you've connected with oh and if you say elvis <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say come on now I have contacted Elvis. All right. Weirdly. Um, I, he, He's dead? Only, I, I thought he was alive. 
<laughs> but he was living on an island with JFK and uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> It's goofy. Well, again, big in life, big in death. Uh, um, I think Prince, definitively. Uh, Michael Jackson, definitively. Um, Elvis, one show, I, well, it was a TV thing, and he, he didn't come. This was funny because it was a cooking show that they were doing a seance, so the food was the star. But So I had to cook Marilyn Rose's favorite food and Elvis's fried peanut butter sandwiches. I mean, I didn't cook it. They cooked it. And uh, Marlon Brando, we made Oso Buco or something for him, and Frank Sinatra. And so we talked to Marilyn, we talked to Frank. Elvis was not in the building. He did not come in. Marlon Brando came in and was so mad. He did not want anything to do with his shenanigans. <laughs> on TV and I guess like, I'm sorry, Mr. Brando. I'm like, oh, you're Moses. So he did. But Elvis, another time, I, I have a, a, a friend, a neighbor, actually. She's an amazing woman. She's, an, you know, anybody would know her. She's an AP reporter, Associated Press. She got, uh, so she's a, a press person. She got famous on the Charles Manson and O.J. Simpson and everything, everything. But she's also the biggest Elvis fan on the planet. When she was a kid, 12 years old, she is the one who started the Elvis Presley fan club. She is the one, she speaks at Graceland because she herself is famous for that. So he came to he he came to her seance. It was wild, and we got information telling us what he liked and didn't like about what was going on at Graceland. It was a trip. Wow! wow. Incredible. <laughs> Love it. We mentioned off the top of the show about October seemed to be uh, a month that the the spirits uh, just seem to attract, and I know that's when we have Halloween, but. There's a reason, I guess, we have Halloween in October. And is that a true statement? Is is October really a, a more of a haunted month? Or completely, the thirty first is Halloween is really sound in the pagan tradition. It is sound. It is the day that you celebrate the dead. It is the day when the veil is thinnest between the worlds everywhere. Um, that is why people dress up. That is why people do jack o' lanterns in front of the house in old Europe because you could see the spirits, and so they put the jack-o'-lanterns out to scare the bad spirits. They would dress up in funny costumes to scare the bad spirits. That's where Halloween came from. In going into the pagan tradition, the witch, witchcraft, any kind of, that is when we do celebrate the dead. We will put beautiful altars to your ancestors and cross over those from that year who haven't crossed. So just like Dia de los Muertos in, in Mexican culture, that day of the dead, it's celebrating the dead. But the veil is completely thinnest on right there at the end of the October. Because it's the dead holding it up and the horsemen holding it up. It's thin again on May 1st, Beltane, which is, but that's the day of spring, but that's the fairies holding it up. So it's a whole different, that's new life, that's fertility, that's wild, that's, <laughs> it's thin in a different way. But the, for the dead people and what you're seeing, so seances, paranormal activity, everything just gets, um, extra big so mm -hmm. when you guys start going a paranormal investigation everything will be amped and I believe everything is amping up anyway because the veil is thinning that's the shift we're going through right now is we literally move into that age of Aquarius they sang about in the 60s the veil between the worlds is getting thinner as people calling it the ascension there's a million things depending on your belief system what you're calling it but the veil so more and more unexplainable things are going to happen more and more visions and things and you know not describable by logic because we're just going there mm -hmm. it's not our parents parents world of black and white right and wrong yes and no solid ground 
than they exist anymore. So, right. On a previous podcast, uh, Rachel and I sat down and talked about how she gets her messages. And, uh, and I know you get in front of crowds of, like you said, 700 or more people type of thing. Uh, how do you get your messages? Does it come to you as a picture or through audio, through your ear? or How, how do you get your messages? I, oh uh, yes, all of the above. Because I could never figure out, is that Claire Audion or Claire Wine? Oh, Claire Claire Audion. No, both ways. It's really, I kind of shoot up to the spirit. Um, it's like sometimes I see with the outside eyes, oh, it's a large man, broad shoulders, cowboy hat. Sometimes it's on the inside. Sometimes it's a knowing. Um, I just go with the flow. I just trust it. And again, when I thank you, because you're, you're really good at it. I can tell. <laughs> um, you're, you've got this eye. So um, always, and, and spirits, when they know that, they, it's interesting because they, they will show you what's comfortable for them. You know, I will channel. I'm a channeler. If the people in the space are comfortable with it, if they're if they're not comfortable with me becoming whoever and facial features and everything, I will just translate instead. Instead of becoming grandma, I'll tell you what grandma said. I hold on to my left brain logic enough to keep control, but the rest of it I just turn over to the right brain intuition, to spirit, to and faith to let it go. Um, again, I, I don't use a lot of tools. It's really fun on the TV shows when. They have their fancy SLS with all that stuff going, yeah, that's what I see. There's, we're separated seeing it later, seeing that. But, you know, I'm about as technical as I ever got as a set of dowsing rods. But I do lift the veil. I do, because that thing in me as a kid, I wore, if I'm going to use tools, it's going to be mugwort, dragon's blood, sounds, chimes, things. I know it's what Ooh. it's going to lift. So, so then, not just me, it's, it's everybody gets to see it. Everybody, everybody's a little more psychic. Everybody sees better, smells better, tastes better. So I'm the first one going, okay, maybe I'm controlling things because I do take responsibility for every person in that space. Whether we're doing 50 people at a seance at the suicide table at, at you know Virginia City or at a college speaking or 13 people around my dining room table, I'm gonna take responsibility. But I said, you might be getting the message. So if you, then you want, you keep hearing Fred, Fred, Fred. Say, I keep hearing Fred. For all you know, the person across from you had the Uncle Fred and you're getting the message. I give them that permission. I have an you Uncle Fred. Fred. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Fred. Yeah. I knew that. As soon as, as, soon as you said it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> because whenever we do a podcast as well, this room fills up with spirits. Yeah. And as soon as we started with you, there, it was like a, a party in here. They're moving all over the place. They've, they've walked between the, the computer and the table. There's someone sitting in the chair over here. So I, you know, I keep looking over at Rachel because we see it. Danny, he sees it sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, sometimes. You know, if you see... if You, you, see... Just, you just think too much. I think he does. But you, you kind of put it over to logic. That will shut it down. Just say yes. Just say yes. Yeah. Analyze it in two hours. Yeah, I can tell you're gifted too. You're pretty, you're high vibration. You just mm -hmm. try to, you can't logicalize. Well, that. his grandmother was quite a powerful medium, and yeah, yeah. So, so she she taught me a lot through the years, but uh, yeah, and I think you're absolutely right, and and I think uh, you are a skeptic uh, the, as well. Yeah, but right? the way I put it is that life gets in my way, right? <laughs> like my daily routine, and you know, so I kind of. 
push that stuff to the side or whatever. And I'm so interested in it and I, and I want to develop it more, but I just don't seem to have the time sometimes. But, but yeah, I do get, uh, I'm more or less, I guess I could be an empath. I feel things, uh, you know. So with Danny saying he'd like to develop it more, as I would as well, what would you say to someone or give, what kind of advice would you give? I have, this is what I do, I have lots of things. Here, all the my pitch, I buy my book, Old World Magic for the Modern World. No, I would tell you, you again, I, every exercise in there is about opening up your gift and how not to shut it down. Not every exercise, it's, it's getting rid of stress. But I would start out with dream school, what I call dream school. Water is a conduit, we know that. Water, we are 60% water, planet 70% water. It's the water element, it's emotion. So, um, Stick a glass of water by the side of your bed, call it dream school. Don't drink water by your bed. If you drink water by your bed and it's not sealed, you know how bad it tastes in the morning? Mm -hmm. It's collected everything, emotion, spirit. Drinking water further away. Dream water right by your bed. And then charge it, whether you're talking to God or your spirit guides or your dead uncle, whatever it is, ask for what you want. Okay, I want to know what is the meaning of life or the mundane, what outfit should I wear tomorrow? Or I want to develop my gift. I want to develop my psychic ability. I want to do it. I empathy, whatever that is. Go to sleep like normal. What you are doing is you are giving the universe, God, whatever word you use, permission to download you while you're asleep. And that chatty, judgmental left brain isn't in the way. So you go to sleep like normal. And whether you have dreams or it's downloads, like everybody calls downloads, in the morning, when you wake up, sometimes people get it right away. Some people it takes a little while, but not long. And it's just while you're asleep. If you have a set time that you usually get up, set your alarm for like 10 minutes before. Like I get up at seven. When at 10 to seven, the alarm goes off, go, I gotta get up. And you go, oh no, I, I don't have to get up. I've got 10 minutes. Hit your snooze button. I just use my cell phone and, and, and ask, give me, Give me clarity, focus, and direction for today. Go back to sleep or ask something specific because you're still in a different brainwave state. It's all science. When you wake up in 10 minutes with your real alarm, guess what? You will have more clarity, focus, and direction. So before you get out of bed and throw out that water or water a plant with it as fertilized, just grab a paper journal. Everybody says about journaling, but just commit even two minutes to download. If you had a dream, write it down. If you don't remember your dream, any emotions. You don't know what to write, right? I don't know what to write. Patty is stupid. She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> i got to take the dog out now. Whatever that is, just you will find out. It's a good way for a lot of people to learn automatic writing. It's a good way for you just to let it come out before that logical brain shuts it down. Dream school. I, I, I don't have a lot of time, so I try to do everything really fast or when I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed that when, uh, like you said, it, that sleep when you wake up and then you go back to sleep for that 10-15 minutes but you can have the most believable lucid dreams yes. in that time that seem to go on for hours and yet you were only sleeping for 10 minutes so because if you're stepping into the other side you guys know that time and space doesn't seem to exist on the other side in the spirit world so if we're kind of journeying out of our this is what's false our the time and space that we've created, that's a man-made time space. That's just how we can do it. If it doesn't exist and we're stepping to the other side of the veil, maybe we're stepping into where it doesn't exist. So that 10 minutes can be a three-day dream. Hmm. 
<laughs> Patty, stay with us. We've got to take a brief break from our sponsor, Rampage Coffee. We'll be right back. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Are you tired of stale grocery store coffee? Mm-hmm. Then you need to check out Rampage Coffee. It's roasted fresh to order and delivered to your doorstep anywhere in Canada and the United States. It's delicious, and they have a high-caffeine blend called C4 that will blast you out of your morning slippers. Oh, wow. Get free shipping in Canada on their sampler bundle to try all four of their fantastic blends using the code PHANTOM. Go to rampagecoffee.com today. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. And we're back with our very special guest, uh, Patty Negri. Patty, this has uh, been great. I'm tapping the table. Mm-hmm. They're looking at me like, don't do that. That'll <laughs> go in the mic. And I'm the radio guy, believe it yes. or not. You know, so. Radio in 30 years, he's always tapping the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've written a number of books, is from what I understand. No. No? But it sounds good. I've been a part of like 20 books. I've okay. written, but I've only one that's all mine with all my name on it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've like... Parts of books and about a lot of collaboration books on afterlife, on this, on philosophy, on things like that. Um, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> That's all mine. So, Patty, uh, most of us know you from the Ghost Adventures. Uh, can you tell us how you got connected with uh, those guys and if uh, you're still going to be on every once in a while? I can't, there's something I wish I could say, but I can't say it. Oh, my God. Well, come on. Come on. You can tell us. We won't tell more than 10,000 people. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. All right. No. Um, yeah, it was a, like a weird fluke, I think. Um, uh, five, six years. I guess they, they called me, just like when they called whoever, the local people, they were doing the Haunted Hollywood episode, and they were filming at the American Legion Hall. Which again, good ghosts, mostly happy ghosts, some dark ghosts. And I, I'm on the board of Hollywood Arts Council, so I've done ghost tours there. I've done spirit salons and seances and things. So the people who ran that joint, it's a military foot, American Legion. Is that they, the they one, sorry? Control. Is that the one where Charlie Chaplin used to sit at a certain uh, stool at the bar? That's the one. That oh. was my first episode. Oh, okay. And, and they, they were told, which I didn't, that. That I had um, seen Charlie Chaplin there, and so that so they called me in like one of those one-off time people that the person local and I said, oh yeah, and I was doing this whatever, and Charlie Chaplin and I explained what he had said to me, and then after his thing, he goes, did you know this was his chair? I go, no, I just I didn't know. So that was it, and I thought I'd never work for him again. But somehow I guess they figured out who I was or what I did. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, can you come to a stand for the black guy? Oh, oh, we're going over here. Oh, yeah. That's, so then, you know, 10, 11 episodes later, it's it's cool. Because I never know what I'm getting into, ever. They will, one thing, people can like the show and not like the show. because, And I get why people don't get it. Because what makes it really last is their enthusiasm and their commitment. So people go, it's just like, what are these big, it's, they're like kids, what they have to be. It's 100% dead. It's 100, 120%. So it's there. Um, but it's, but they will keep me literally blindfolded. They will keep me, they will keep me 
blindfolded in a room in a van to not know. And I'm always scared to death, not of the ghost, but like, okay, Zach will go, okay, go in there and you tell us what happened. And I have no idea of the history. I, I get it. And I'm always, oh my God, what if I get crickets? What if I get nothing? <laughs> but I always do because those places are very tough, you know, vetted out, not as slightly on the house. So you walk in and you go, okay, this happened over here and this happened over here. So it just, it's good, but it's, it's always an adventure. Jump on a plane here. I remember the Scottsdale house. Um, it's like everything's last minute and he does it on purpose. Why um, does Scottsdale now? So, okay. And, and then he goes, and they're so used to just usually have a PA will pick you up or a production assistant. They go, we'll just write you a card. Just come on out. Just where are I'm like, okay. I go, can I have an address? <laughs> yeah, I go to the psychic. I'm not I really. Not, <laughs> I'm not, get that. Oh, yeah. Here's a car. So it, it, it was like, okay. Still not knowing anything. On that one, it was crazy. I got out there, and I'm driving through Phoenix. I'm driving through Scottsdale in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. I'm a city girl. I, in the middle of, and I'm, um, and I, and then the paved road is gone, and I'm in the middle of nowhere in the desert, and it's getting ready to set, not setting yet, and I get to this house in the middle of nowhere, and there's no crew, there's no big SUVs, there's one little other rental car, and Justin, the, the, the tech, he was new at the time, I'm like, hi Justin, where's everybody? He's like, uh, oh, they'll be here any minute. I go, okay, that's cool. And he goes, oh, be, be careful. Don't get out of the car. He's going, there's killer pigs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I you could see rattlesnakes. Yeah, there are they're hordes and herds of killer pigs. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, Havelina. They were here last night. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to stay right here. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, killer pigs. And then he goes, what? And he goes back. He goes, oh, yeah. And watch out for the scorpions. <laughs> Scorpions. Okay. He goes, oh, but if you have a black light, they glow in the dark and you can see them. I'm like, I don't have a black light. I don't have a rental car in the middle of the nowhere. I got nothing. Okay. I'm good. And then I swear to God, almost like it was, almost like it was one of those caught on camera TV shows, candy camera something. He goes, I, the wind right then woofed up against the palm trees and the cactus. He goes, oh yeah. And then there's valley fever. <laughs> Valley fever. Uh, Valley fever. Yeah, there's something spores in the wind here in, in Arizona and parts of New Mexico and Nevada that Valley fever gets in your lungs and you die. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> get me in the house. Give me ghosts. Give me demons. Do you get, demons, do you get danger stuff. pay for this work or what? <laughs> Killer pigs, scorpions, and Valley fever. Good Lord. <laughs> so, here's so, another, so here's another question for you. Um, I notice with a lot of the shows, and not you know not Ghost Adventures specifically, that um, the guy after a while some of the the hosts or the investigators get a little bit darker. They start wearing black. They start wearing you know the funky stuff. They start turning their homes into like dungeons and the skulls <laughs> and stuff like that. Do you think that? Be the dark stuff attaches to them a little bit and changes their personality a little bit. And how would you, and do they often call you and say, Hey, I think I brought something home with me and can you help me out? 
Well, I, I can't speak for a lot of people. These guys all have their own personal ways of cleansing and clearing and stuff. Like Billy's Mr. Toilet Sanjo. They each have their own style. Right. Uh, I do think, yes, things can get attached, and they are the first to say so. And But part of it is because it's TV. That's what TV wants. Right. We have done some, like... Going dark, like at the Black Dahlia house. That was that killer guy who yep. cut up women and put body. I mean, horrible. You walk in and you just ooze this evil, darkness, masochistic, horrible man. But and we're seeing all that on the TV show. In reality, during the seance, we actually crossed over one of the women there. Not Elizabeth Short, not the Black Dahlia, but another woman there that um, Fonda Hodel, her mother... Um, uh, had, had talked to another spirit why Fana Hodel wanted to go her mother Tamar and she, she, Tamar was laying there on her deadbed wanting to de deathbed wanting to die but wouldn't die because she promised she would help this girl with Zach, with Aaron, with Jay, with Billy with me, with Fana we literally did the whole go to the light we did it, we saw it, we felt it we, everybody experienced it was this beautiful moment amidst all the dark stuff but do you think that showed up on camera? <laughs> no. No. Oh, well. You hearing bells? Yep. Yep. Is that you? Okay. <laughs> All right. We heard them. <laughs> no. So, again, that's just because what TV's looking, you know, look at the news. How much good news do you get? You know, it's, it's our human goofiness, I guess. Right. But even the, um, that same house, the Scottsdale one, not the one I own. That's the first time I clear a lot of these houses afterwards. A lot of they'll calm it all down because it's all got riled up. That is the first time, again, I'm in the middle of the desert, and, and, and that's the first time Zach actually said, Patty, I want you to come back after the lockdown. I'm like, what? And clear the house. On camera? That was crazy. Because mm -hmm. that's they usually don't deal with that because that's not part of it. Maybe it wasn't a big part of it, but it was. I got I came back, um, had never met the homeowner. I didn't wait for them. I did this clearing. And it actually helped their investigation because I went right to this mirror. I go, this is a portal. I got to shut this down. And a little beknownst to me that they had just spent two hours watching an SLS go in and out of that exact mirror. Mm -hmm. So I gave them validation for what they're doing. But I didn't care about that. It was like, I got to show people if you have a badly haunted house, you don't have to keep it. You can cleanse it. It's not hard. Anyone can do it. Right. So that was pretty cool. So what, what were those bells we just heard? What, what? What were those bells that we just heard a minute ago? What bells? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't... You, you weren't tinkling something? Yeah. That was like disembodied bells? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So what, what was that? Come on. I don't know. Now and again, I live in a beautifully haunted house. No, I actually do know it. That was that's electronic. But my husband's a drummer. We and he collects. We produce a huge drum show, and he, we have antique. We at least I'm not upstairs right now because we have high up that you can't touch antique drums like the old caskin heads. I don't have to do table tapping like you're doing. If I'm doing a séance, I have drum solos. <laughs> I've got rim shots. Higher, all of a sudden I'm just whatever doing it. And boom. <laughs> yeah, this is Bobby so, Bells. You know, that's a first. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that was in my home. That's really neat. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so obviously we talked the, the television always showing the dark side basically because that's what people want to see but there's got to be times that you actually run into uh, good spirits that are maybe just lost and uh, want a little help to cross over or possibly could they be uh, a, an uncle of Zach or you know <laughs> that just came to observe or something have you run into that before? Um, yeah, yeah, there is, again, you're not going to get the whole focus on it because I'll say so-and-so is here and so-and-so is there. Um, of course, because in my real, in my real seances, the ones that I do for regular people, I do not let anything dark in ever. My, my seances are like warm and fuzzy. And I'm like, if you've ever seen me on TV, it's not going to be that at all. You're going to talk to grandma. She's going to tell you. I mean, or your dead cousin, so you can have the iPhone code. I mean, I, I go for practical, real stuff, and it's sweet. So since I am this weird being of light, they are going to get that. We're just not get, we're just not allowed to focus there. So you know, so I guess even a positive place that you're going to find nasty stuff every once course, in a while. When too. the portal's open again, a door is open. Who comes in? You know, if it's not been set by somebody, you get to come in my house, and you don't like those of us who ward our houses. Like, but if it's out there, a big public thing, a door is open as a door is open. You're going to get those great Charlie Chaplin's who want to come back and hang out or dead movie stars, and you're going to get the dark stuff. Of course, there was dark stuff there because it was a club and it was service people and there was the murders there and there was... Mm -hmm. Right. So you open the veil, you close the veil. Is there any other form of protection that you use so that nothing follows you home? or? My... I use a bunch. Again, I, my favorite thing though is a, I work a lot of sigils. I work. I always have protection oil on the back of my head. To me, the biggest portal is right there on the back of your head, right where your head and neck come together. Mm -hmm. um, so I bladder that with oil because that's think about it. That's why when you pray, you bow your head to open mm -hmm. it up for God for spirit. Protect that when you're going to a place you don't know. But my favorite thing is the Homo Awe sigil. It's a it's a Norwegian. It's, it's Icelandic. It's a rune. It's an eight sided it's an eight sided compass, eight sided cross with a little the little trident on the end. It's like sacred geometry. Energy goes in and bursts out. Every which through, it totally breaks up negative energy. Whatever your belief system, because I'll work within every belief system, every religion. I'll take the cross, I'll take the star of David, I'll take the pentacle, I'll take, oh, here's my aunt. But this one, there's something about the energy within it that breaks it up. So I, whenever I'm on, you know, big scary stuff, I always wear one of these. But you can just draw it on a post-it and stick it in your pocket. The mirrors that are really charged, I put it, I draw it on the mirror and then wipe it off or post it in the back of the mirror. Kids are having bad dreams, put it under their bed. It, it just grabs it. Helm of all way. Again, <laughs> doesn't have to cost anything. It's just blows it up like that. <laughs> I can see you're nodding your head there, Rachel. You're, oh, I just are you love pick, it. <laughs> are you picking up anything on with Patty? Or? Oh, there's lots of energy going or, on. Or what's going on in the room here? Yeah, yeah we got it. This room is crazy. It's it like is. they're all sitting and just watching. <laughs> it's like it's like they know that uh, you know mm -hmm. that you're here, and maybe they're picking up on your energy as well, right? Oh, definitely. Maybe yeah. my uncle Fred is here. You never know, <laughs> right? I I said Fred. There you, you sure go. did. <laughs> yeah. Do you do the uh, worldly predictions? You know. I don't. No. I a, a couple of reasons. 
and the biggest reason, because I feel, I, I, especially being a witch, I believe, I like free will to happen. Yes, there is fate. Yes, there is destiny. But the second you say something is going to happen, you are putting so much energy and power into that. Like, I could tell you, oh my God, when you guys walk out of the house, a bird is going to poop on your head. I know it because I'm a good psychic. I know when you walk out of the house, and I know the bird's going to fly over. I've just taken away your power. You walk out and the bird poops on your head. Because I knew that was going to happen. But I'd rather use that power going, you know, go out the back door. Be careful of birds. And then the bird doesn't poop on your head. If I say yeah. there's going to be an earthquake over here or so-and-so is going to win for president, it, I'm putting thoughts because to me thoughts are just as powerful. Thoughts, words, actions are all equally powerful. So I'm very, very careful about not being a prediction psychic. I, I just... Yeah. And I, I agree with you. leaning towards this, but I don't even want to do it if it's something that I can go, we're leaning towards. It's going to turn out good after this thing because we're jamming to a new world of positive things because that's what I want to promote. Yeah, yeah I, I've seen a lot of uh, psychics that have failed because of that or, you know, they only get torn down in the media eventually because of predictions that did not come true or yeah, yeah. And, and see and again that's not the way i work i'm not that it's like i'm even gifted like that and it just seems to you know sideshow me to me for who i am for how i work and i mean i'm not being a better that because i can be sideshow as anything if i'm with a bunch of little people on a pit show about pit bulls telling how to clear the house <laughs> but that that well, this is going to happen. This is just, it's just not my game. Yeah. So right. when uh, when all this coronavirus stuff is is done with, hopefully, what's next for you? Because you have been doing some shows, I, I noticed, on your social media. You've been getting out and... and yeah, uh, I'm actually starting to film again. Um, well, a bunch of stuff I can't talk about. But one <laughs> that I think I can talk about, besides always going in on haunted houses and doing seances and stuff, um, I work with... I don't know if you guys know Trevor Morris. He's a comedian. He's he's cute. He was famous from the widest kids you know back in the like late nineties. He's on Comedy Channel, and I, I, he's the kind of comedian I like because he's not negative. He's stupid and weird and goofy. But he has a show called The Trevor Moore Show, and where he tries to solve all the problems of the world one hour at a time. The first episode he did, he did a literal 24-hour marathon. He was on camera like this for 24 hours straight. Every one hour, we saw global warming. The next hour, pollution. The next hour, war. The next, it was it was funny. It's funny, but we get real thinking and discussions, even ending up in a silly way. That first show was my first one with him, and he kept me on air about seven hours on the 24, <laughs> which is you know, with people you don't know, and being like that sidekick talk show, people it's like, okay, let's talk to Abraham Lincoln, let's get to that. Like, okay, <laughs> again, and crossing that ridiculous comedic stuff, which I love, with some with reality too. So anyway, I now he has a regular one-hour show, and we had shot just before, and we were all scheduled to start shooting again when Corona hit, and this town shut down, you guys. The the studios have been a ghost town. Everything. Mm -hmm. setting up the Warner Paramount. They're trying to come back now, but the protocols are so strong. I just heard from them, we're going to start, we're going to film again the day before Halloween. And I, I'm starting now to figure out the protocols that you have to do and the testing and this and the that. I just, I, I, something I can't talk about, I'm just shooting right now. I just shot completely masked the whole show. 
Okay. Everybody, 100% crew, people kept 100% masks. It's like, I'm going to be seen and I'm not seen ever on this TV. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just trying to figure it out. But it, it's, it's tough. And I don't know a single psychic who saw this coming because we weren't supposed to. I, I kept saying, do you? I, I knew something that I knew there was a shift and everybody kind of knew, oh, there's something going on. Hopefully it'd be good. It's weird, not expected. But I don't know a single person who said for Sylvia Brown, who a book years ago said, yes, I was just about to say that pandemic's going to take over the world in 2020. And Sylvia Brown got it right. Yep. But I don't know a single like living now psychic medium who got it. And, who she, and she also said in a quote that it was going to disappear quickly disappear and it was just going to be gone so for 10 years and now back yes oh fingers <laughs> crossed <laughs> yes so. well quickly hopefully that quickly is soon yes yeah i think so too so patty have you ever connected with any canadian ghosts ever been up to <laughs> ever ever been up to canada how would i know oh i don't know eh <laughs> <laughs> Have you, have you ever investigated or done anything in Canada? No, I I was supposed to like last year or no, actually this year. Set up for this year for some paranormal thing, but again, COVID hit. I've never been to Canada till last year, like a year ago. My husband's best friend lives in Vancouver. I fell in love. It's a beautiful country. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh my God, it's so pretty. It's clean. They have beaches. They have everything. So I fell in love with Canada, but. Uh, didn't get to do anything ghosty. Oh, we'll, yeah. have, we'll have to get you up here. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I would love to. Let's go do something together. All right. I've got right. your number. <laughs> and I have to get you guys down to Hollywood to see how Hollywood goes. All right. I would love that. That would be amazing. I want to yeah. bang on those drums. Yeah. And I want to go to the house where the Rolling Stones and the Mamas and the Papas were. Hollywood back. <laughs> Danny's a big radio guy, big, big yeah. music buff, so... Patty, you wrote you wrote a book. Um, can you tell us the title and how people can get it? Yes, it is called Old World Magic for the Modern World: Tips, Tricks, and Techniques to Empower and Create a Life You Love. And you can get it on Amazon. Uh, all of my live appearances, when we have those, you can get them there. But Amazon worldwide, uh, it's inexpensive. You can get it in audio form, ebook, or print book. I spent more time unwriting it than writing it because I wanted it really simple and there's magic, there's grow your gifts, there's monthly spells, there's love, everything we want in life. Get, grabbing your power back. Awesome. Well, you can expect to at least get two more orders. And do you, have, do you have a website? Or? 50 cents more for me! <laughs> <laughs> do you have a website or a Facebook page or anything like that? I do. I have all of the above. PattyNegri.com, P-A-T-T-I-N-E-G-R-I.com is my website. And from there, you can, of course, get to Facebook, Patty Nagri, Psychic Medium, Patty.Nagri, Instagram, Patty Nagri, Twitter, all those places that we have to be for social media. Um, I have a lovely newsletter, and I send out free things I like to do. There's free, I have a YouTube page. Go figure out how to do spells and do this and all sorts of stuff. So, Patty Nagri, fine. Written on bathroom walls across America. <laughs> right. Whoa. <Thank> you. <laughs> That's another podcast, right? <laughs> Next but year. I can tell your husband's not in the room. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been fantastic. Yeah, it was great. I feel like I'm sitting right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you. And we'll say goodbye to my Uncle Fred. Bye, <laughs> <My> Fred. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. Phantom Faction Podcast. 
a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. 